Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Beautiful people, I want to thank you again for joining us on another 
a show of Prison Focus Radio here on KPOO San Francisco. I am your host, Nube Brown, and we have another good show in front of us. It never ceases to amaze me, the incredible, ambitious work that the prisoners are doing inside all over the country. Uh, But before we get started, I do want to take a moment to let y'all know that we are still in the fall-winter fun drive for KPOO San Francisco 89.5, and I encourage you all to give generously. You will always hear me say how grateful I am that we have this hour uh, pure 100%, keeping it 100 on prisoners, prisoner issues, because modern day slavery is still taking place within our prisons. Slavery is legal in 2021, and for that reason, we still charge genocide. All right, um, let me give you that information on how you can make that very generous donation. And generous is relative to your situation. Give what you can, please. Go to kpoo.com and you can find three ways to make that donation. You can do it by credit card, uh, right online. You can donate via PayPal and other credit cards as well. And it is safe, it is secure, and it is tax deductible, of course. And you can also donate by check. If you want to do it that way, uh, by mail, you make the checks payable to KPOO, KPOO, and mail it to KPOO, P.O. Box, 156650 San Francisco, California 94115-6650. And of course, your generosity is greatly appreciated. All right, here we go. We are going to get started with um, my interview that I had with Chris Johnson about his New Hope Initiative. Now, it is his, but of course, he's got a team of people that he's worked with, amazing uh, work that this uh, uh, that Chris has done uh, from the inside out. And um, so we are going to listen up to what he has to say about this incredibly ambitious New Hope Initiative. Here we go. All right. All right, beautiful people. I have here with me um, on the line Chris Johnson of New Hope Initiative. And... Um, I want him to introduce himself and tell a little bit about, Chris, I want you to introduce yourself to the people, uh, tell them where you are, and define who you are. Great. Thank you, Nubay. Um, as Nubay said, my name is Chris Johnson. Um, I am a prisoner in North Carolina um, serving a 15 to 20-year sentence for second-degree murder. Um, you know, I, 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 I spent a lot of my life um, – Picking, you know, living my life for me, and just, just, just living so that Chris could get what he wanted, how he wanted it, and I never had any regard for anybody around me, um, and that led to my incarceration in North Carolina. And as soon as I came to jail, uh, you know, facing um, the death penalty for a first-degree murder charge, um, it woke me up. It woke me up, and I realized, you know, I've, I've spent my entire life taking and taking and taking, and I, I asked myself, what do I want to be remembered by? How do I want to be remembered? Um, and I started looking around me and seeing other people that are going through some just, just horrible things inside, even the gym that I was in. Um, and so I started talking to people, and 
I, I realize that there are some there are some things that need to change. Um, and I set out on a mission. I set out on a mission to affect the lives of those around me, um, so that instead of leaving a legacy of or leaving leaving uh, my name being remembered as a killer, because um, that would have been the last thing people remembered me by. Um, I wanted to make a difference, and so I set out on a mission to change lives, to affect the people that um, were around me, and to make a difference in the criminal justice system. So what, what, what's the time frame here? How old were you? I was 22 when I got arrested, and I was uh, just about turned 23 when I took the plea for 15. Okay. And what, so how long did it take you to look around and say, hey, I am something more than um, this person that, that I have come to be? What, how long did it take you? And, and, and was it a person? Was it a, um, an event? What happened that made you, uh, want to say, I want to be something different. I want to be remembered for something else. You know, that's, that's an awesome question. Um, so I had done a ridiculous amount of drugs the like the day, like in a, in the days prior to my incarceration, like the days prior to the police actually finding me on their hunt for me. And so I was going through this, and when I say drugs, I mean like a, a, a cocktail of them. So I'm psychedelics, uh, amphetamines, all different types of stuff. So my mind was in a really crazy place. So um, the day that I woke up from this super in jail with a blue piece of paper next to me that said first degree murder, it was instant. It was it was like my brain flipped a switch. It was like there was just something that I woke up and I was like, oh my God, uh, something's wrong. You know, something is wrong. Uh, there's something that needs to change. So basically you woke up realizing that you had murdered somebody. You had killed somebody. In your, so am I understanding that in one of your, uh, your uh, drug-induced episodes, whatever, you killed somebody in that state? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, we were, we were definitely high when it happened, but after I killed him, that's when I got into, like, the really bad, like, I have to escape this reality of knowing that I just took someone's life. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, and this, and this, and that, that was, showed up when you had this blue, um, this blue paper staring you in the face when you woke up in, in the jail cell with this blue piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I woke up and, um, it, 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 it was standing, you know, it was sitting on the table next to me and that was the only thing in my cell. And I woke up and I, I kind of rubbed my head. I remember it like, vividly. I, I, I rubbed my head. I put my feet down on the, on the floor and I look at this paper and I just stare, like I, I stare at it, and, and the question that that it popped in my head was, what has, what has my life like? How did this happen? Like, how did my life go from the the life? Like, I grew up, Nube, I grew up in an incredible family. You know, upper middle class, vacations every year. You know, like 
a beautiful family. There were some dysfunctional things that were going on. My fa- my stepfather was extremely abusive, and you know, um, there was just there was a lot of drama. However, like I had it better than a lot of the people in the United States, and, and I know it, and I and I recognize that. So I don't, I didn't understand at that point in time when I looked at that, like how did my life go from that, from the from the upbringing, the childhood that I had, and from the the lessons that my mother taught me growing up to me being charged with first degree murder. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that, that's definitely an eye-opener. Wow. So how long, um, and so, yeah, and then, so was it really that moment that you, from there, that you just said, that you started questioning, and how long did, and did it get you to this, uh, to the New Hope Initiative? So because this is how it happened. Um, I I looked around, and that day, that day I walked out of my cell because we only had two hours out of our cell every day. Um, and so I came out and I started looking around and I said, you know, how how can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? And I started hanging out with this guy named Josh, um, really cool guy, and I just started asking some questions because he had been in, in and out of prison his whole life, and so I, I just, hey, man, like, what is it? You know, like, what is it that makes you come back and forth? Um, and what is it that can make prison better for you? And we just started talking about that. And it went from, like, what it, what New Hope originally started as was the, the, a, an idea, basically, to make our lives inside prison better. Um, it started as a, just basically a service provider to make our life easier, um, you know, offering us the things that would kind of bring us closer to, to our... You have 60 seconds remaining. Chris and I had to do this interview over about four phone calls, so you'll hear, hear those breaks. Here we go. Let, let's, uh, let, let's continue with your friend Josh and the two of you are looking around, and, and that's such a great question, like, why do you keep coming back? What is it that's not happening? And what's not happening on the outside that continues this revolving door? Um, and so you, you thought it, you started with what I'm understanding is what's happening in here and how can we make this situation better? So what was it that you saw that was missing? What is, the two of, what is it that the two of you came up with? Okay, so before I answer that question, let me make a point. You know, it, when you think about being, if you're treated like, a an animal mm-hmm. and you are it, everything's taken away from you how how are you expected to get out and not come back right so you know science and studies across the world show that the better prisoner is treated the less he is inclined to come back um you know and, that's, and a perfect example is australia uh another one is norway you know these countries that take care of their prisoners um, the people don't come back. But before I even knew that, <laughs> before I even knew that, I saw, you know, we were, we were looking at just like the communication, how, how um, there, you know, jail is still in the Stone Age. There's no technology that allows prisoners instant communication. Um, there's no way for us prisoners to do things for our families. Um, there's no type of... Um, system that allows us to receive the tools that we need in order to grow to become the the, the normal, what society calls normal, um, 
contributing members of a member of society. So if you want us, and when I say you, I mean the public, want us, the felon, to get out of prison and not come back, not become the animal that they're afraid of us becoming, then that means we have to be provided the opportunities and resources we need in order to not reinvent. And that's what we looked around and saw was missing, is, is, is the things, the tools, and the essentials that make us feel human and worthy of growing into a, a person that society can look to and say, that's my fellow, that's my fellow neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what prisons are designed to do, though, is to rob you of your humanity. So when you got me ask you something, before you actually went into prison, and I don't know if you asked this question of Josh as well, what did you think about what was happening inside a prison? What did you think about people that were convicted of crimes? Well, I, I, I got into trouble as, as, a, as a child, um, so no, I don't, I've never had that um, view because I've kind of been a rebel since I was a kid. Um, never did, like, a prison stint like this, but I was, you know, in and out of, like, um, behavioral institutions and stuff since I was uh, a, a kid, so I never had that. Josh, though, uh, he, <laughs> he, his family was very wealthy. Uh, they were old money, um, and he always had that. So I'll never be one of those. Um, uh-huh. But he, his, his first encounter with jail was because he got hooked on heroin. And heroin brought him down, and he started robbing his family. Um, and it went from his family to his neighbors, and his neighbors to the public, and he just wound up in prison for burglary. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. So before it became New Hope Initiative, you're recognizing that these uh, that that we're not being offered anything that's going to be helpful to us. So what what was your next step? Once you recognize that, how are you going to go about now creating some of these things that you feel like you need? Um, so what we, we as a team, me and Josh, did, we actually just started um, talking to others. We, we, we compiled an interview. Um, I think it was like 13 or 14 questions. And we just started interviewing people and asking people what they've seen, what they've experienced, what they're lacking, what they're missing, what they want, what they don't have. Um, you know, et cetera. And we took all of those and I, you know, sat down and I just meditated on all the answers for months and months. And, um, you know, I would take each individual answer dealing with each individual issue and I would say, all right, let's focus on this one. How can we, how can we fix this? Um, and so I just went from issue to issue creating uh, basically the skeletons of the solutions um, until they, you know, I, I started, once I got sentenced and went to prison, um, where there was a lot more inmates I was around with a, quite a bit more freedom, I was able to build with others and network and, um, you know, pick people's brains. And it, it took me about two years to really start seeing a plan, um, come together. Um, but after that, it, it, Went, it blew up really fast. It went from something small, um, just kind of trying to figure out how we can make our environment better with, you know, um, electronic services and schooling to how do we really make sure that we as felons never have to endure prison again. 
when you were interviewing mm -hmm. them, was this also based on questions uh, like, did you ask your own self, did you ask yourself the same questions and how you would have answered them? And then, um, and then the other question is, how, um, was there a, a was there a pattern? And did you see that as well, like for yourself? They're not getting the same things I'm seeing that's not getting, or that I'm not getting. You know, to be honest with you, Nube, now that I look, I never placed myself in that equation. Uh huh. Um, I, 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 it, it didn't matter. I guess it didn't matter because there were so many other things going on that I was receiving that I wasn't even taking into consideration the things that I was missing. Um, well, okay, I yeah. didn't even think about that until now. That's so, that's so uh, interesting. But it sounds, but, okay, so then I guess then the the, the question is, um, now that you are looking back, do you see that, that that's part of the transformation is doing, hearing from others about what it is that they, they manifested what you saw the needs were kind of manifested in the people around you, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's really, what's really beautiful is it's it's given me the ability to to do exactly what I was concerned about not being able to do at the very beginning of this entire thing and that was, you know, because I've been taking my whole life I want to give back to others. Exactly. Um and just the, the just the process uh it, it gave me that ability, which is why this is such a humbling experience. Oh, that's okay. That's that's beautiful. That's the nugget. Okay, so you've got these interviews now. You've got these, and you're you're meditating on this. You're figuring out. Okay, what are we gonna do? How now? How are we gonna make like the the concrete material uh, things come to fruition? What's the first thing? What's the what's the first thing that y'all started with? So we did research. We asked. We asked, what is it that it statistically makes people inclined to reoffend once they get out of prison? And once we did the research into that, we figured out that there, you know, there's three key things. Um, they're the largest things that make people reoffend. Uh, the first one is the lack of um, the rehabilitation inside prison, right? Um, you come to prison and you're expected to change, but you don't have change, and you get out and you, there's no change, you're just going to do the same thing. So did y'all start some kind of right. rehabilitation class or something? Let's start with that one. What, what, did, what did you do with that one? I have written a host of rehabilitation programs um, that focus on different aspects of the felon's life that give them you know, individual and very specific tools, um, depending on their case, um, that will allow them to step into a new way of thinking. Um, one is called the future self, which, uh, you know, deals with self-image. Um, it helps a person see um, what they want to help them allow, it allows them to, to look into the future and say, this is what I want to come. And then as we look at that person that they want to become, we show them that the tools that they need in order to get there are, are available, but we have to knock down the barriers to get there. So let's, let's look at the barriers that will prevent you from getting there and figure out what are the steps that we need to take 
to getting there because a lot of prisoners, a lot of felons, reoffend because it's all they know. They grew up in a certain area, they grew up in a certain neighborhood or a certain, you know, uh, situation, and they're a product of their environment, and then they're never given the tools they need in order to step out of that way of thinking. Well, it, you're never going to change until you think differently of yourself. So if I can instill a a new way of thinking about yourself inside of you, if if, if I help you th think, I'm not a gangbanger anymore. I'm I'm... I'm worthy of changing, I'm worthy of stepping into, into this passion that I have in my heart for music or art or business, whatever it is, and you, and you start claiming that you're not a gangbanger anymore, that's going to help you step into this is who I am. So that's just one of the programs. And then, what, so, and then how was that for you? What was, what was your starting, starting point as your future self? It, it, it really... Um, it, it's making a change. It's making a difference. I, I've always, I've always, like I said in the beginning, I, I've always been, I was always living a selfish life, and um, I wanted to, I wanted to give. Instead of taking, I wanted to give back. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I wanted to make a difference in, in uh, something that was going to be worthwhile and make a footprint um, that wasn't there before, and that's what I saw. Did you now? Did you uh, now? This future self. Were these classes that y'all like? Did a group of, of, of uh, did a group of you get together and talk about these things, or or is it? Um, are you still creating this blueprint? No, we. I, I've always. At, at, I, I love that question. Um, so what's really been fun is like over the last eight years being able to like as I build my team at each different prison that I've been at, um, being able to go out and do the social experiments with the, with the population of people at that prison and testing it. Okay, look, guys, this is what it is. This you have 60 seconds remaining. Yeah. Of course. We would, yeah, it was a beautiful thing. We were able to go out on the yard and, <laughs> you know, I would have six or seven, a team of six or seven people wherever I was at at any given time. And they would, you know, I would instruct them to um, run the program with just random people. But as, as I developed the programs, I would, um, I would, I would test them, I would work them, um, and everywhere that I've been, every program that I've developed has made a, a profound impact in these people's lives. And, and that's just in the pilot and testing stages. So I know that once I have these programs published and working with an actual official class, they are going to make incredible differences. What kind of now? Yeah, what kind of support are you getting from the guards? Because at least in California, if you don't get approval from the guards, they're going to try and shut you down. Do you? What? Um, how how free were you able to just go ahead and gather with six seven people? That's my question. Um, I uh, never got support. Um, I in fact got a lot of fight. Um, I was put in segregation a couple times. Um, I yeah, they charged me with inciting a riot one time, with trying to organize gang activity another time. 
Uh, <laughs> they, wow. they, they did everything that they could. They, they confiscated four years' worth of work, confiscated it, and it vanished. Just vanished. All of my years' worth of work just disappeared, all the paperwork. Um, so, yeah, I, I went through a lot um, dealing with the, the their inability to appreciate um, the positive nature of what I was doing. Wow. That's just some straight retaliation because you were trying to educate and uplift the people in there. So what did that tell you? Absolutely. What did that tell you, your reaction to the work you were doing? That tells me that what I'm doing is is absolutely 1,000% necessary. It's telling me that we're not worthy of growing. We're not worthy of changing. They don't want us to make a difference. They don't want us to become better because they want us to come back. You know, the first step that um, the new, and this is an example, uh, the first step that the new assistant superintendent took when he came to the prison I was at was to take all the books out of all the dorms. That tells me that you don't want me to learn. That tells me you do not want me to grow. So this is, this is, these are exact perfect examples of why New Hope is so important. Got it. This is beautiful. Um, and this is in a North Carolina prison. Do you want to say which how many prisons have you been to, and do you want to say which one you're in now? Um, I'm at Alexander uh, Correctional in Taylorsville, North Carolina. Um, I have been to Central Prison, Maury, which is where I got sexually assaulted, uh, Harnett, uh, Nash, Eastern, Troy, Alexander, and... Um, I forgot the other one's name. Uh, nope, yeah, I forgot the other one's name. That's, uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't counting on my fingers how many, but let me, like uh, okay, uh, okay, yeah, a prison is a prison is really just modern day slavery, um, and as we've talked about, like, I mean, we're just going to call this what it is, this is, this is, you know, people think that, uh, yeah, this is this is the prison industrial slave complex that is taking place here. Let me ask you this. So you're continually disrupted. Did you understand when you um are any of these prisons that you have been in and the one that you're currently in close to your family? I live a thousand miles away from my family. You okay. So basically you are human trafficked a thousand miles away from your family. Okay, this is typical. This is this is prison. Um, wow. And what did you? I, I just I, just this one last question about how you feel about all the times that you were moved. Did you did you have an understanding? Maybe not the first time you were moved, but by whatever the second, third time, did you understand why you might have been being moved? Well, North Carolina's classification system is absolutely horrible, which is Mm -hmm. something that I've also um, addressed in our plans. They don't really have an understanding of, you know, keeping someone grounded because that's psychologically very healthy for someone to have a, you know, a grounding, but they don't do that. They don't just like to move you around like cattle. We're basically cattle. That's how I analogize that. They they just like to move us around. So the only reason why I knew I was moving was because I got promoted in custody level, but that was it from close custody to medium custody. But that was the only reason why I knew like an actual transfer was happening. Mm-hmm. And then quite coincidentally, it could be that, oh, well, this guy is getting too cozy with the prisoners and teaching them some things. Let's move him around uh, to right. somewhere else. 
um, to make his life difficult. That's the way I see it. Okay, listen, Chris, let's yep. get into this beautiful, um, now, into the New Hope Initiative. I would love for you now to talk about what the New Hope Initiative is and, um, you know, beyond how, you know, prisoners get involved, and but also how their families get involved. Okay, so um, New Hope is focused on three key aspects of a felon's life, education, rehabilitation, reintegration. Um, you need all three in order to have a chance of succeeding. If you have education without the rehabilitation, then you're just a really smart junkie in a really messed up place. Um, so you need all three, you know, and it goes the other way around with all three of them. So we focus on creating um, education programs while you're in prison, um, making sure that you are completely educated by the time you get out. Less than 10% of felons who acquire a degree in prison ever reoffend in their life. Um, so education is the first thing. Rehabilitation, we've covered all the rehabilitation aspect of a felon's life while they're in prison in order to make sure that now you are educated on your way out, you're rehabilitated, um, with a direction in which you're going to head with our with one of our other programs that you're going to be taking inside prison to make sure that you have purpose. Okay, I found my purpose in New Hope, and there's been nothing that has been able to stop me, including sexual assault, since I've started this, and nothing will stop me. And so, when a person finds their purpose they're going to they're going to move forward with it. So we want to make sure you're educated. We want to make sure you have the tools and the and the and the um the the essentials that you need in order to move forward in that field that you're interested in um to to have a purpose in life. So once you get out, um yes, you're the intentional community. What what we ultimately are aiming to do is create a 500 540 acre township which will include basically um, it would be a, it would be basically a step down from prison the ability for you to come to this place get fully acquainted with society um, you know instead of being culture shocked getting out of prison you would have you would have the ability to get prepared to go into society because you'd be in a version of it is there like a certificate something that you you come out of there with that says you've been through this program that you're ready for the next thing and then how is it um unfortunately because you're still working within the system that doesn't want you to succeed has to be some kind of verification right or some kind of or or what is what is it that you all require well this thing new hope is going to be it's going to be offering, we're going to be incorporating across the board in every industry that we can. New Hope Apparel, New Hope Beauty, New Hope Construction, New Hope Entertainment, New Hope Production, New Hope uh, Alphabet Soup. Because, you know, why why does a felon have to be restricted from reaching their dreams just because they're a felon, right? And society doesn't want to give them that job or that career, so we're making sure the career is there for you. So since we're going to be providing that career, there's no need for you going to have to, to make that fight to get the career as long as you have the tools you need to do so. So you'll go through our program, and that's, that's, why, this, that's why New Hope is so comprehensive. We make sure that you have the education. We make sure you have the rehabilitation and then the reintegration location resources and opportunities. And what I mean by that is the place to go to that's away from all of the crime that you used to be involved in, the <clears throat> resources to make sure that your life is set on a solid foundation, and then the opportunities 
which which gives you a a step in the direction of hey this is what I want to do with my life and I'm secure now so there's no reason at all why you would reoffend you're becoming who you want to be your future self and we're giving you that that ability to do that all right. If you are just joining us, this is Prison Focus Radio. I'm your host, Nube Brown, and I've been in conversation with Chris Johnson of New Hope Initiative. So we are going to take a quick musical break, and after that, we will get back to it uh, with me asking him a couple more questions um, about uh, about this initiative and um, and his process through it. Broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. Ooh, mountains, we can walk it out. And
one question that I wanted to ask you is, is there a religious, spiritual component to this? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked me that. Um, I'm not going to use any base, like any spiritual, any any one religion to say this is what we are. However, um, and there's a reason for that because we want to we want to affect every belief system. We want to impact every every person's life that has the ability to be impacted. However, I am a Christian. I'm a man of God. I follow Christ, and I believe in my heart whole. My, I believe in my heart wholeheartedly that this is this is what God has given me. This is I'm a vessel, and so everything that I do, um, I do it in submission to the God that I serve. Um, and so a lot of what, you know, a lot of the way that I teach, a lot of the way that I lead um, is by the teachings of, you know, the, the Bible and, and Christ. Okay, that's, that's beautiful. I think unapologetically you need to be able to say that. So that's gorgeous. Um, okay, fantastic. Okay, now we just got a few more minutes. So I want you to have the last word on what it is that you want people to know about the New Hope Initiative and how they can get in touch with you and make sure that they have a clear opportunity to be involved. Also, I want you to tell us, sorry, before that, how the families get involved and have they been involved through this whole process like their loved ones inside. So um, all throughout the process, I've been as I've been networking and meeting prisoners, they've always introduced me to their families. Um, there's about 600 pr prisoners' families that I've got information on that I talk to on a on a you know semi-regular basis um, that are all anticipating its launch. Um, right now um, is the time for us to come together. Right now is the time for the 200 million people in the United States that are directly affected by the issues that I've set out to change to come together and say, you know, we all believe that there needs to be something done. We all believe that, um, you know, something has to change. So let's, let's come together as a family, as a new hope family to, to, to produce that hope that so many don't have. Um, so what we are looking for right now is for that population to get on our website, therealnewhope.org. Um, and there's a place where you can, it says join the fight and, you know, you can go and sign up where it says rally the troops um, to either volunteer with us and become a part, become, you know, any, contribute however you can. Um, or you can make a donation to help us, you know, push forward in the resources that we need um, in order to make all these projects happen. So, Chris, I wanted to ask you, you've been able to have some... Uh, you said you've been able to have some conversations or reach out to, you know, family members regarding New Hope Initiative. Have you, and have, so have you been able actually to have any contact with uh, the vict your victim's family? Um, you know, unfortunately, no. I, um, I, I did a lot of meditating on, you know, the impact of this whole situation in my victim's family's life. Um, and what this sacrifice, what his sacrifice meant. Um, so because of, you know, because of him dying in this situation and that 
being the catalyst that has allowed New Hope to become what it is, um, you know, I decided to set up uh, something in his name, um, and I wrote his family about it. Um, I don't have their address, so I wrote through the court, and, you know, I wrote them a letter um, explaining myself and, you know, just giving them my, my heart um, about it. Uh, I, I'd never heard anything back. I don't know if they got it or not, but um, what we're doing with New Hope and, and Mr. Radford, uh, his name is Timothy Radford, um, my victim, um, I'm setting up the Radford Redemption Fund, um, and what that is built to do is to take the money that we raise in that fund and fund projects that will allow um, victims and the offenders to build bridges um, when the offender is really, um, you know, when he when he understands that he has done something that has really affected someone's life and he's he's ready to he's ready to fix it. So um, that fund is is a big project that we intend to um, set up because of the fact that you know he Mr. Radford was the the very reason why New Hope is going to come exactly what it is. Wow, that's beautiful. All right, yeah, it's, it's, it is unfortunate. You know, the system is not set up to have any real meaningful um, redemptive or restorative or transformative um, healing uh, between with the with the, the families of, of of the victims. They really keep that. Um, they keep them. They keep you separated. And uh, I think we have right. a, 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 a real opportunity um, on both sides. I mean, we're we're not encouraged, right? You know, the, um, you know, the, the family is not encouraged to seek out that healing. There isn't healing really for them, except the only thing that's offered to them is that the person that caused them the harm just is punished. And uh, we really just really need to be doing better. So I appreciate that, and I hope that letter did get to them. Uh, unfortunately, very likely. Yeah, me too. You know, so uh, you can only do what you can do, right? Because, yeah, they don't give you the address. They don't give you the opportunity. Um, uh, you know, they say we want us to think about the victims, but, but we really don't. We really don't think think about them in a in a meaningful, holistic way. So, Chris, thank you again. I appreciate you answering that question and, and for creating yeah. the, the fun. That's beautiful. All right, as Chris and I were wrapping up, I just wanted to ask him one last time to explain what the New Hope Initiative is and how people can get involved in the uh, event that's going to be taking place this Saturday, November 20th. All right, thank you. Um, It starts with our vision statement. Prison reform resulting in a safer society in our nation. So, obviously, we intend to create a system that allows people to not reoffend, which then in turn creates less crime, less reoffense, less incarceration. Um, and in order to do that, we have to cover all of the aspects of a person's life that would begin to make them inclined to reoffend. So we cover the education by making sure that they have a college degree in a field that they truly have an interest in so that they can pursue the career that they have an interest in pursuing, that they 
that they have the dream of, of, of becoming whatever in that field. Then, as they pursue that education, we make sure that they have the rehabilitation that allows them to step out of the old thinking path that kept them committing crimes, that kept them dealing with the same people and the same things that brought them back and forth into the, into the prison industrial complex. Um, and allows them to, to think differently of themselves so that they can think differently of, about, them, about their futures. Then, reintegration. If you have your education and you have your rehabilitation, but you are going back to the same area, the same environment, the same um, elements in, in, which, in which you offended in the first place, then you're bound to reoffend anyways. So reintegration, location, resources, and opportunities are really important. So we make sure that not only do you have your education in the industry or in the, in the field that you have an interest in, if you, just, if you studied accounting, we're going to make sure that you're set up to have a career in accounting because New Hope is going to be incorporated across the board in any industry that we can incorporate and to create those career paths that the felon has a desire to become whatever it is in that field. New Hope is comprehensive in, in, in everything that we do. I have had eight years to cover all of the bases. I've left no rock unturned. And we have not only affected the felon's life, but the family's life as well. If you can think about an aspect or a facet of a felon's life, their family's life, New Hope has covered it. And that's why New Hope is so important. This is, this is going to touch not only our lives in prison, but our, the public, our families, the community, and, and as our vision statement says, you know, society as a whole. All right. Chris and I had to have another phone call so that he could make his acknowledgments of all the people that had helped him along the way to get uh, to New Hope Initiative um, to the place where it is now to be launched um, this November 20th. So here we go with his acknowledgments and last words. Okay, beautiful. First of all, before you start, how you doing? I'm I'm great actually. We just uh, we just got everything solidified for Saturday, and um, people are just great responses, great setup, great format. We're uh, we're ready to go. So super excited, super pumped. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Tell us what you want to hear. What do you want people to know about your friend? Um, yeah. So you know, I've done a lot of work over the years, but uh, none of what I've done and none of what is would be um, possible without the people that have supported me throughout the years. Um, so everybody knows who they are, but I want to especially thank Chris, um, Chris Rains, my executive director and web developer. Um, Chris, you are a gift, um, a blessing, um, and I just want to let you know that you um, have done incredible work, and I appreciate your work. Um, your efforts, and most importantly, your friendship. So thank you. All right. Beautiful. It will be our pleasure to get that up on the – make sure that goes out over the airwaves. Thank you so much, Lube. I, I You have no idea how grateful I am for this opportunity. Like You, you have um, really solidified and verified um, just, you know, the whole movement and the initiative and the effort in my heart because, like, for you to put your face and your – your show um, on 
you know, stamp it on my organization. It just it just means the world. So um, thank you. Thank you again. Of course. All right. All right. Well, you continue to take care and stay up, and uh, we'll get this going for you. Cool. Thanks again. Oh, hey, um, can you? Is it possible for you to send Chris the um the the audio file once it's aired? Is that possible? Yes. Absolutely. Cool. Because we oh, like to wait. embed it in the website. Do I have his um, email? Um, admin at therealnewhope.org. Admin. The admin mm-hmm. at the new, wait, of the real new hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the real new hope dot 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 org. org. Admin at mm-hmm. the real that's new it. hope dot org. Okay, perfect. Yes, I can send him the audio yep, file. That's it. Okay. Thank you so much, Nubay. You're the best. Of course. You of course. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Fantastic. Well said. And it sounds like a beautiful program, beautiful project. And I can't wait um, again until uh, more of the public knows about it. And so, um, you know, get get to the to the virtual uh, program, the ribbon cutting on November 20th. That's this Saturday. And you can go to say again what the website is so that people can get all the information that they need to participate. TheRealNewHope.org. All right. It's on the news tab. News tab. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. We really appreciate you. And, hey, yeah, make this eight years pay off, brother. This is great. Yeah, thank you so much again, Nubay. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Of course. All right. All right. You take care. This has been amazing. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, beautiful people, that is our show. But before we go, because we do have a couple of minutes still, I do want to encourage you to um, make a donation to KPOO. Of course, as we are still in our fall-winter fun drive, and so there are, you can go to kpoo.com. There are three ways to donate. You can donate by credit card. You can donate by PayPal. You can also donate by check, and you can send your check made payable to KPOO and send it to KPOO PO Box 156650 San Francisco, California 94115-6650. I also want to remind you because I haven't done so in a while, but Prison Focus Radio is a a station of California Prison Focus. For those of you that might be new to listening to Prison Focus Radio, uh, we are directly related to California Prison Focus. And um, this is an amazing organization, and I want to make sure that you check out their website at uh, newestprisons.org. You can also find it at prisons.org. And uh, consider making a donation there, or at least read the uh, newsletter there. Prison Focus uh, also publishes a newspaper about three to four times a year, a very important newspaper. So um, uh, I would be remiss if I did not talk about that. And um, with that said, again, um, 
you know, just please stay involved. Our prisoners need um, uh, platforms for them to be heard, and we need to hear from them as well, because we are not going to be able to make any differences without also the power of our people behind the walls, because it is only the power of the people that is going to make any difference here at all. So um, please keep that in mind. And um, in, in Ubuntu, shared humanity, and in revolutionary love, I say all power to the people. Get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer.